everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where we humbly supplicate ourselves and bow in appreciation and in awe to the representative of the Houston Astros who joins us here this morning. Good morning, Yoni Pollock. Thank you. Good morning. I don't know what the word supplicate means, but nonetheless, clapping and uh, the exuberance in my voice, I'll bite. A little toned down just because some of are nonetheless uh, much appreciated. It's, I will it's now, another year of it, and I, I enjoy it immensely. I will now start my show officially. Good morning, folks, and <laughs> thanks for listening. I'm Mary Mel Wallach, general manager here at the Nachum Seal Network, and depressed Yankee fan, as we all are here in the New York area. We should be over it by now, but yet we're not. You know why? <laughs> you know why? No. Because it's ridiculous. No. <laughs> because if we had Altuve, then then we would win. Yeah, basically. In theory. <laughs> so basically, if I'm the head of Yankee management, I just have to do what I do best, which is buy the next great player <laughs> and take him from the Astros. Am I right? Yeah, I don't know if that's exactly how it works, but something along those lines. Okay, because that's not the party line. That's not what you tell people, but that's basically uh, the way it, it goes. Got it, got it, yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. So did you notice um, Did you notice that Nahum and I did not try and contact you at all? After the win. I tried leaving GIFs in I know, our WhatsApp we, group, but no one was responding. No, it was it's not weird. that you tried. No, you I did. You <laughs> did leave GIFs in our WhatsApp group, and we didn't respond. Right. Because it's called not taking the bait. Because oh. you can't. You oh. can't take the bait when you're dealing with somebody like you. Right. You okay. just got to pretend that everything is fine well, and that now everything I know is normal. Next year when this happens again, now I know how to play. Right. So the question is, what happens when this happens again next year? And I also, I wonder from your <clears> point of view, I was thinking about this this morning. Mm-hmm. From your point of view, yes. as somebody who appreciates sports in general and sure. somebody who's sitting there in the winning seat, yep. as a Yankee fan- Keep it coming, yeah. Yeah. As a Yankee fan, is it harder to lose to the Astros or is it harder to lose to Boston? <laughs> because I got to tell you right Boston. now, it's still Boston, right? Yeah, you're never Boston, right? And, and, uh, I mean, my attitude always has been right. anybody but Boston, right? Right. Um, but now I sort of feel like a little bit anybody but Houston. Right. My roommates. And why is that? Why am I so bitter towards you people now? I have a lot of Mets fans roommates, so. Why? It just happens to be. That's a bad so, luck draw. So, you know, they're obviously anti-Yankee. But, but also, not. right, they don't want you know, someone else in the apartment to win, so they've had it tough. And I have Mets fan and Braves fan, so both Ooh. anti, well, the Braves fan, well, is just anti-New York, I guess. Correct. So everyone's really anti-Yankee. Um, we're all born with that, but then now it's also it's now it's DNA. Nationals Astros, and it's still a rival of the Mets. Right. So the question, you know, it's, it's a famous question when you have another team. You know, do you root for the same either team in your city because you know maybe you feel correct? But, but Mets Yankees doesn't really have no, that. You don't, no, no, you know, no, no, no. There's none of that. But now, do you root for the same team in the division, or because you have a friend that's from Houston who's in your room, who's in your apartment that's gonna you know going bonkers or whatever and rubbing it at everyone's face? You know, are you? I mean, it's who would tough. that be? Who it's would tough. that be? Yeah, it's, it's my brother, I guess. I understand. Yeah. It's got to be hard to live with you. Yeah. When you Thank win. God. Listen, the Astros have beaten the Yankees in the playoffs three out of the last five years, so it's great. For you. Just knocking them down. Yeah, it's For great. For you. And eventually that you know that won't happen. And I, I know hear that, that. So I'm enjoying it now. Right. You should. Right. Because we have historically. Correct. We're still better. Historically, yes, though yes. this is the first decade in, in I think, Hundreds of years that they haven't uh, made well, the I don't World know if it's Series. Of years, but yeah, yes. about a hundred years or so. Right. That they haven't made the World Series and a World Series appearance in a decade. So. Yeah, that's pretty rough. It's beautiful. It's you say rough, rough, I say beautiful. Right. It's pretty rough because there's only so much your ego can take a shellacking. Right. And yet here we are as Yankee fans, completely shellacked. Shellacked. Yes. 
And I, I, I know that you saw my post on Facebook that <laughs> I was welcoming. You bet I did. I was welcoming two more days of Yuntif. Right. Um, instead of having to see you and face you the day after a huge Houston win as they won, which was a beautiful, beautiful win and a terrible, heartbreaking loss for Yankee fans. But um, I was so not looking forward to seeing you that I was welcoming more time in cooking and having Yuntif. That's how yeah. that's how much I didn't want to see you. I mean, I like Yuntif too. Yes. So, but but yeah. How was uh how was Simplest Tower on the Upper West Side, New Great. Upper West Great. Sider? Like I told my roommates, I said we pay a year's rent for those two days. And that was my was pump up it. speech before. Yeah, it was that great. was it your was pump up speech. That was my pump up. Are you available for parties before, and bar mitzvahs before Simplestora? And I told them I'm moving out today. So there you go. Yeah. And how were the meals? <laughs> great, it was a good time. Yeah, it's just you know everyone just hopping around doing their own thing. It's 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 great. So what happens if you're um I don't want to say a wallflower, but what happens if you're a homebody on Simplestora on the Upper West Side? Do you just are there people? I was like, what is that? A homebody? Yeah, like well, somebody who likes to stay home who doesn't like to go out. Oh, then just don't be there. I'm s- oh yeah. <laughs> Can you schlep your your friend around in a situation like that or not? Yeah, I mean it, it, everyone's schlepping friends. It doesn't matter. You invite someone to a kiddish that means them and three other friends. You know. Got it. Right. Okay, so you all had a good time. Y'all had yeah, a good time. Y'all had a great time. And your time in Houston was great. Yeah, overall. Okay. It, yeah, you know. It no, I love I love Houston. I love being home. Just home for a long time brings it's, you know. Yes, you reminds know. you why you moved out. I hear you. Right. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> no, it's I fine. love my parents. Of course, never said but anything about not loving your parents. Three straight weeks. It's, it hasn't been like that since twelfth grade. You know. I understand. One of my college-aged kids actually said, "Where am I going to be this week for Shabbos?" I'm I'm like looking at her like, "What does that mean?" She goes, "Well, I've been home a lot." I'm right. Like, well, I'm, how am I not supposed to be offended? She's like, "No, no, no. I need to be on campus." Right. You haven't learned that home is not the first option anymore. Right. I don't understand that. My food is better than whatever you're eating. That's probably true. Correct. Not no probably. Yeah, that's Settle true. down. That's definitely true. Correct. Um, speaking of national holidays and speaking of food, today is food day, Yoni. Just straight food day. Correct. Okay. Which um, we've been celebrating for weeks. Months. Actually. I've just been celebrating for 27 yeah, years. Yeah, you've been having a good time yeah. for a while. Um, we actually joked over Simchas Torah that um, Tzom Gedalia should really have been the day after Simchas Torah in yeah. the United States. I was trying to tell Nachum that every Easter hug needs to be a, a, a national holiday. I hear you. Like going straight from all that holiday. My to kids work could is... not figure out how they had school yesterday. Yeah. I'm like, get on the bus. That's how you have school <laughs> yesterday. Um, yeah, that's how you have school. So food day in the United States is celebrated annually. I'm reading this from Wikipedia on October 24th and throughout the month. I'm like, right. Because we're Jews. Uh, we right. celebrate the Friday month. But anyway, it's a national holiday. It was started in 1975 by the Center for Science in the Public Interest in order to create an event day similar to Earth Day. And the point of Food Day is to create awareness about the increasing industrialization of American agriculture, rising food prices, Mm -hmm. hunger, Mm -hmm. and the American diet and health crisis. Mm -hmm. Now, I would say we're pretty knowledgeable at this point about the American diet and health crisis. My diet started yesterday. Because your health crisis is a result of the non-existent American diet. Right. Correct. Um, it's also, let's go on, it's World Development Information Day. Okay. It is Recycle Your Mercury Thermostat Day. Oh, I got to do that. Thanks. I got to take Thanks them all out the of the reminder. garbage. Yeah. Exactly. And today is United Nations Day, which is a na- day that should not be celebrated unless we are evicting the United Nations from New York. Boom. Let's talk about all the better things we could do with that real estate. I do that once a year on, on Twitter. All the options. I welcome people's suggestions, right, about mm-hmm. what better to do with that prime real estate 
on the east side of Manhattan than give it to the United Nations because it is a poorly used wa- used space. Of course. And oxygen. Oxygen. They waste my oxygen as well. <laughs> Um, but let's also continue to talk about food. It's ironic that post Yontif and today on Food Day that I would have today's guest. It's just the way it worked out, but I'm happy that it did. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. And Shmuley Wolf joins me this morning. He's the founder of J-Menu and is the creator of the event, The Crown Heights Food Crawl. We're going to hear about both. Shmuley, good morning. Hi, good morning. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. And a mazal tov to you and your family. It is nice to share smachot. So I'm taking this yeah, opportunity. <laughs> this opportunity. I'm sure you're completely, completely sleep deprived, but that's the way it yeah, goes. We we literally just got discharged from the hospital <laughs> and just walked into the door. All right. Well, I appreciate very much you making your time, and I hope your wife speaks to you when this is all over. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Actually, we're, the event that we do it's, uh, it's called a Taste of Crown Heights. It's a kosher food call, and um, we uh, we do it. The event benefits Toys for Hospitalized Children, which is a division of the NCFGE. And the individual that we work with, JJ Heft, uh, who's a good friend of mine, also had a baby just before Yomtif. No just way. A and a half ago. Yeah, so Baruch Hashem, there's been a lot of fun stuff going on. Wow, that is all good. That is great stuff. So we're going to hear all about the event in a second, but I first want to talk about J-Menu. Let's talk about J-Menu. What is J-Menu? Okay, so J-Menu is, in a nutshell, the kosher answer to Grubhub's Teamless, and in a way, Uber Eats as well, um, where we provide a platform, easily order from kosher restaurants near you, and you don't have to worry about, you know, is the restaurant kosher, is it kosher style, is the heksher, that kind of thing. We display the heksher, we list only uh, kosher restaurants, not obviously not kosher style, and uh, we make a platform that just creates a very easy and convenient environment for you to order kosher food, kosher takeout. See, that's a big pet peeve of Yoni and I in that people, there are a number of kosher food platforms, or I guess I might say in this case almost Jewish food platforms, that display um, a certification that is certainly far from accepted by all. And, right. and, right. and so Yoni and I take umbrage with that and we, we, we struggle with that. You know, are we, you know, are we only, uh, you know, are we being judgmental? Are we being difficult? Are we, you know, how, how, right. however way you want to put it, but you instead just circumvent that and you post what the, you know, you, you, you doing your research, you make sure that Hechsher is good. Right, right, exactly. And we, we, we obviously speak with local Rabbanim in each community and um, to determine, you know, what are the what are the standards for that community? What's accepted as like a regular hashra? I know some communities keep call the show, some don't. But I, I think something that would be fair to say is glock kosher in America is pretty much standard. Right. So obviously it would only be glock kosher restaurants and things like that. Got it. Okay. Cool. So so you do your research and you make sure that it's all taken care of before you post. Exactly. And then obviously we also list the hashkafka and all the relevant kashas information. And it has all the other perks that the other platforms have. So really, it's just it's a better version for someone who keeps kosher. And so you go on jmenu.com. And right, or you can download the app. The app's available on both iOS and Android, or you can go to the website, jmenu.com. The process is more or less the same. And the first thing it'll ask you is your address, where you want the food delivered to. All the restaurants that deliver there will pop up. Choose your restaurant, choose your food, check out. It's really that easy. Unbelievable. What made you, um, I mean, I, I'm saying this as a person who works on the Lower East Side, which I refer to as a famine, 
because uh, <laughs> because no one delivers down here. But what made you, you know, recognize this? You're obviously in Brooklyn. People people deliver to you. But what made right. you what made you recognize that this was something that was still needed? So the story actually, uh, I'm in the business together with my brother. Uh, he had uh, a pizza store in Crown Heights, which is where we're from, which was primarily uh, focused on online traffic and delivery. Okay. And then the thought came to him, why limit it to just pizza? Mm. Right? And you just quick research. Oh, Grubhub exists. Oh, okay. So room for a kosher platform. Not only is there room for it, to be very successful because it's really a necessity. The community really wants it. And we did it. And sure enough, the community responded. And they told us thank you. And they really, really are taking to it. And so it started in Brooklyn. And how far out do you reach? I mean, I can, so, I can put in what, what zip code or what neighborhood with a with a decent you know decent jewish population shall we say or a decent kosher eating population and and i i i can end up getting food delivered to where okay so that's a great question so first of all currently we're in crown heights williamsburg upper east side upper west side midtown uh, we're getting into queens now a little bit as well and also getting into flatbush um and hopefully the five towns sooner rather than later, right? Right. Uh, there's been a lot of demand there as well. Um, we don't actually do the delivery ourselves. What we do is, in most cases, the restaurant will, will do the delivery, and uh, in, in, the, in the rare instances in Brooklyn where the restaurant won't deliver, so we, have, uh, we work with a third-party delivery service that we'll be able to connect the restaurant with to provide that service or things like that. And so if that de- third-party delivery service happened to rhyme with Schmuber Schmitz, would that be... <laughs> Would that be an example of a third party that you would work with, or there's like an independent operator who's, you know, who? No, you- it's an independent. Yeah, it's, it's completely independent, and the, the actually the the uh, third party service works directly with the restaurant. So the customer theoretically doesn't know whether it's the restaurant themselves that's delivering or it's the third party that the restaurant hires to deliver because their name doesn't appear at all in the process. Got it. Because you know, often the 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 breakdown is with the deliverer. Right. You have a right. so so I guess here, if there is an issue, they're going back to the restaurant. Right. So we you know, we do provide a, a, a very good customer service. And we always tell customers, you know, please, if you have any issues, give us a call. We'll do our best to sort things out. We have a great relationship with the restaurants, with the managers and the owners. And um, that enables us to provide a superior service. I'm sure. And, uh, I'm sure also that the restaurants that you're, you know, with whom you're dealing, very much appreciate the fact that you've provided this service that really, you know, directly meets the niche, um, their niche customer base. Absolutely, absolutely. There's no question that there's besides for you know pulling people off the phones, which you know is a big. Uh, a big uh, elephant in the room in restaurants, right? Right. Where you're trying to trying to make an order, and then you know, the guy takes up the phone, and you know, besides for that, which we're helping with the restaurants um, that are managed the orders, we also increase the order volume because studies have indicated that not only when you order online, but as it gets easier to order online and more convenient to order online, the orders are bigger and more frequent. So we're actually able to help the restaurants in that way as well. Very, very interesting. Wow, that's an interesting tidbit. But I guess that makes sense. The the same thing is true. I mean, if you're looking at, for example, Amazon as as the uh, you know the uh, the the gold standard by which we're looking right. at customer service and and people's frequency with which they turn to something. I mean, my son needed a watch battery, 
My son needed a watch battery. He could have walked a quarter of a mile to CVS and picked up the watch battery. He could have. He could have. Okay. But instead, a box that could have fit, I don't know, 100 watch batteries showed up from Amazon <laughs> and contained only one. But then, but again, you've had such good experiences with it, and they're willing to do it that that one watch battery is going to show up at your house. Right, right. And there's no question that, you know, the, the, taking Amazon as a good example, once the phenomenon of Amazon came into the picture of people's lives, People are ordering more and more volume and more often. So that's that's certainly a good parallel. Right. And also with families being as busy as they are and you have I mean, I I do not know, you know, how old you are, but I can say that from, you know, from the time I was a child, having two parent working parents was an anomaly. Now there are, you know, it is difficult to not have to working parents in a household. And so the increase in the number of families who are looking for easy ways to just feed their families and, e- and and just to make something else easier in terms of keeping up a home, the easier you make this for families, the, e- the, the more frequently they're just going to order. Right. Absolutely. And we're, and something as simple as just eliminating even two to three clips by not having to filter out kosher or not having to like, right. you know, Something as simple as that makes the experience so much better that people are really, really excited about our service. Absolutely. I, I totally hear that. I think it's great. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. And Shmuley Wolf from J-Menu joins us this morning. We are talking about J-Menu, but we're also talking about the upcoming food crawl. It's called A Taste of Crown Heights. It's Sunday, November 3rd from 1 to 4 p.m., um, it's really, really exciting. Let's talk about that for a second. Let's first of all explain what a food crawl is. Right. Okay. So I'm really, really excited about the event, and I'm really glad to be on the show with you uh, talking about it. And again, thank you for having me. Sure. The a food call is where um, a participant will go with several friends or some family members, let's say, and go to uh, each restaurant on a, on a route in a given area and take a bite-sized sample from each one. So they would obviously purchase some kind of ticket. And the, the restaurants, the vendors would be on board with uh, providing this uh, service. And they just take like a small bite-sized sample from each one to get an idea of the vibe of the restaurant, to get an idea of the taste, the flavors, the culture that the food brings to mind, things like that. So the concept exists um, already, a food crawl. But we actually created the first kosher food crawl in America uh, three years ago. It was the first time we did this event, also with Toys for Hospitalized Children. And... Since then, it's been a, a major success, and every year we do it again. Every year it gets bigger and more exciting, and we can't wait to do it again this year. How many more original food-related kosher ideas are you going to come up with? <laughs> well, my my uh, my brain is cooking, so <laughs> I do want some good ideas. But um, you know, Shem, we have some things in the works. Excellent uh, metaphor. Nothing- yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. No <laughs> uh, pun intended, right? Exactly. All puns intended, because that's where your mind is, <laughs> and that's where your mind is, and I think that that's great. So, do you find it um, startling? Because again, I don't know how old you are, but I can, and I don't need to reveal how old I am. But it, I, do, you, do you find it startling that Crown Heights is now such a hotbed for great kosher food? You know, it's amazing. It's really amazing. I'm a native of Crown Heights. I was born here. I grew up here my whole life. You know, I went away for yeshiva, but came back here and now I'm married. I live here. And so I'm a real Cornhead's native. And when I was a kid, it wasn't that long ago. It was maybe 15 years ago. Um, I was a kid. There was the pizza shop. 
and then there was, you know, the place where you can get like the deli shop and, you know, maybe they had Chinese and then there was a sushi store and that was it. Right. Right. And then I remember when the sandwich place opened up and then another Chinese place and then basil opened up and just from there, like slowly but surely restaurants of all different types started popping up and then it just exploded in the last five, seven years. And it just turned into this mecca of kosher food. It's it, it really is incredible, and now with the newest um, addition of meat, right? Which is the uh, right. the Flaschik yes. answers or the meat answer to basil, also owned right. um, by the same owner with the same mantra of how to reach customers and what you're presenting, etc. I mean, you're really looking at a tremendous spectrum. I mean, nobody's going to overlook Izzy's. You're really looking at a tremendous spectrum in terms of not only kosher food and different cuisines that are being offered, but the quality. The quality uh, and the, 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 uh, that is being offered to consumers, to customers, is outstanding. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, three years ago when we did the first event, uh, we had a reporter from the forward. Um, we invited them to come, you know, come to the event and experience the kosher food experience. And his reaction was, Crown Heights is, is the king of kosher food. And that's really what it's become. Now it's the go-to place. You know, if you're from Crown Heights, you're not from Crown Heights, and you're thinking, okay, I want to go out to eat with my wife, or with a friend, first thing that pops into your head is crime rate. Right. That's and pretty amazing how it became that. A hundred percent. Because when I was a kid, if you went out for a special night, where did you go? You went to Manhattan. But now, right. but now it's not just Manhattan. It is Crown Heights, and it is other parts of Brooklyn, and it is the five towns, and it's Teaneck, and it's a variety of different places. But it also speaks to—I mean, I don't want to say Manhattan's lost its cachet, heaven forbid. But it's—but right. it speaks to the fact that not only are people expecting more, but people want better, and the level of kosher food that is. Um, that is being produced is at such a high level that the you know the the greasy spoons that existed in the early '80s are no longer good enough for the kosher consumer, and I, I think that that is you know you're you're speaking to that and your food crawl yes it's for a great organization toys for hospitalized children benefits the food crawl on Sunday November third from one to four it's it, it's fantastic but also you're highlighting prime examples of the high levels of kosher food that we expect at this point yes absolutely and I'm really proud of my community of Crown Heights and what we've done I believe you know not everyone is a restaurateur but somehow everyone in the community plays a part to make the community what it is today and I'm really proud of that and I'm really ha- uh, proud to showcase it to the greater Jewish community of the tri-state area. And, you know, what, what can be better? Uh, great events with great food. Right. Have fun, you know, great vibes with friends and family. And it all goes to a good cause. And it's rain or shine, correct? Yes. Yes, that's correct. Rain, rain or shine. Or shine. Exactly. Yes. And I, I must mention, tickets are not sold at the event. So all tickets must be purchased beforehand. Um, we, we have an early bird special that's uh, expiring soon. But, um, you know, last year and two years ago, we were completely sold out. So definitely at your first opportunity, go to jmenu.com forward slash taste of TH and purchase a ticket for yourself and your friend or your wife, whoever you're going to be going with. This is maxed out at how many people? The event is maxed out at 400 people. We have to uh, give the restaurants the ability to handle the crowd. And it's, it's really something to see everyone going up and down Kingston Avenue and stopping by the tents or the restaurants and having a taste from this one or from that one. And you know, we have this or actually Meat will be joining us at the food call this year and Gruet will be joining us as well. And we have some really exciting restaurants. So we're very, very excited about it.
Well, we're we're very much looking forward. Nahum and I will both be there, please God, that Sunday. We and we appreciate the invitation, that is for sure. Again, you can go to jmenu.com slash taste of CH. That's CH for Crown Heights. Again, that's the name of the event is a taste of Crown Heights. Sunday, November 3rd from 1 to 4 p.m. Bring your good walking shoes. It doesn't matter what you wear, right? This is not a, oh, yeah. I'm sitting down and wearing something fancy. This is a, I'm here to have fun. It's a Sunday afternoon and I'm going for a walk and eating. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Bring your walking shoes and come on an empty belly because we will fill you up. Excellent. And by the way, just to make people, uh, just, to, just to let people know, is that all everything that's being served is meat or parv, correct? That is correct. Everything is meat or parv. There are uh, restaurants that will be serving uh, breads or baguettes that are hamaiti, and therefore we will have a washing station at registration um, with a variety of breads, and uh, we'll have the opportunity to wash make hamaiti there and then go on and enjoy the rest of the event. Great. And what time is Mincha? I'm just kidding. I'm, don't answer that. I'm totally <laughs> well, just right across the street from 770, so you can catch a Mincha pretty much any time from... 12 until 5. Fantastic. Again, jmenu.com. And you should also download their app available for uh, for Android and for Apple. And if you had your recent Apple iOS update, I, I do feel your pain, but the app is still available and, and is still functional. That is for sure. jmenu.com slash taste of CH. Check them out. It benefits the Toys for Hospitalized Children. It is certainly a great organization. Shmuley, I wish you and your wife a Mazal Tov, and I wish everyone from JMenu continued Hatzlacha on this event, and we look forward to seeing you November 3rd. Amen. Thank you so much, and again, thank you for having us on the show. We look forward to seeing you at the event on Sunday. Looking forward. Thanks so much. Take care, man. Bye-bye. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. A full afternoon of programming continues with the live lunch starting in just a few moments. Hosted by Nahum Siegel, Yoni Pollock will be joining him. I will not be on today's live lunch, but I look forward to, please God, coming back the week after. Yes, it will be the first time that the three of us will be on. Will please God be next week. We look forward to, uh, you know, some continuing antics, and I'm sure that I'll be teased and taunted during today's live lunch, but yet I will not be able to respond. The afternoon will continue at 1 p.m. with a with a Throwback Thursday, of course, and JM Rewind at 4 p.m. Or actually, I think we're going to be playing the stream. I'm not so sure. No, we're playing JM Rewind. Yes, Yoni says yes. Good, good. And the Arab Shabbos show, hosted by Mark Zomik, begins at 7 p.m. And, uh, yeah, we start the cycle, folks. It's Sefer Breshit. Parshat Breshit is this weekend. So let's hear what Mark has in store. And, of course, that's brought to you by our friends at Kedem. Tomorrow morning, join Nahum as he hosts JMNAM from 6 to 9 a.m. At the conclusion of JMNAM, join Naomi for Table for Two. That's at 9 a.m., of course. And then the Arab Shabbos show encores right after that. That starts at 10. And then at the conclusion of the Arab Shabbos show, it is the Kedem Arab, it is the Kedem Arab Shabbos music mix until candlelighting here in the New York area. Avrami hosts, Avrami hosts Saturday Night Seagull this Monday Shabbos at 9 p.m. Matis hosts JM Sunday. 7 a.m. Sunday. So much going on. It's just crazy. What are we leaving you with? We are leaving you with Moshav Band's Breshit. That is a good choice. Enjoy, everybody. That's life, folks. Bye-bye. Bereshit bara Elohim Et ha-shamayim Et ha-shamayim 